0: Hello and welcome to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Tash. I'm Emma. And I'm Becky. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello,
0: hello, hello. Hello, hello goodbye. Oh,
2: shortest podcast ever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> bye. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Bloop, 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 bloop.
2: Becky, I think you'd be really good at... What are, those, what are those ones that you listen to that have got really...
0: ASMR.
2: Yeah, I think Becky should just do that. She could go on TikTok because I've seen some right weirdos that just they just whisper into the microphone like
0: this, just talking about random shit. But you could have Becky just going. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you say
0: weird, but how relaxing is
1: stuff like that? I hate it. It makes me want. It really makes me like. Oh my, my neck and back go up i don't like it It makes me have you seen the ones
2: where they're like scratching their nails down the microphone yeah if i could reach into
1: the screen and throttle them i would and i keep um you know that you can especially on facebook and stuff you can sort of like say don't show me like stuff like this again i always do that (laughs) (laughs) don't show me this shit oh can you do that it. on tiktok i think uh, i think you can get rid of yeah, it yeah i think you can yeah i've done that i think i've done it accidentally a few times uh, oh
2: that'd be cool because i've ended up on like for some reason on my personal tiktok account i've ended up on like doomsday tiktok so i've got I i'm like i've got really really bad anxiety So I go on TikTok to try and relax. And after like 10 minutes, I'm like, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Everybody wants to kill us. They're coming for us. The end is near. So no, if that'd be actually really cool, if I could go, I don't want to see that anymore. Take me back to the cat videos, please.
1: Yeah. Take me back to the thirst traps.
2: Yes. Oh my God. That video of that man and the cake. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. do you know i
2: actually sent that video to ben because i was like i'm gonna be honest i watched it it made me feel really funny
0: when you say funny do you mean fanny flutters
2: yeah like <laughs> fanny flutters horny and then i watched it like 20 times in a row and now i feel like i've cheated on you so here look. <laughs>
1: Look at, look at the video. Oh, my my husband is aware of my TikTok boyfriend that uh, I keep perving over every time he puts a new video on. Proper perv.
2: It was just that one video. I looked at these other videos and I was like, no, they're cringy. But just the way he licked that cake.
0: Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh, my favorite one to, oh, i'm literally coming all over funny my favorite one to watch on tiktok is that man that chops bread. oh he, is, he oh, is good he is oh, good, he is good. but have yeah. you
1: seen have you seen the girl that does it as well she's she no. does things to me i don't know why
0: i also feel like i'd react the same like,
1: but. On it, i could sit i could sit i would pay about 20 quid to watch a chop wood
0: <laughs> isn't it weird that we're so obsessed with stuff like this
2: yeah he's gorgeous though to be fair this guy in the cake he was wearing a christmas jumper and a santa hat it wasn't like he was gorgeous yeah, it was
0: I... the licking wasn't it <laughs> oh, it's was just the way he
2: licked that cake and he put his hands in the cake mixture and fucking hell man
1: <laughs> oh that's a bit messy i do prefer a bit of chopping wood at least they're i not everyone could chop wood that well. I don't. I don't think.
2: Have you seen oh, the video of him responding it. to being tagged in a video of a machine chopping wood, and him going, yes. "Oh, I'm not. I'm not worried about machines taking over because a machine can't do this." And then he just like chops loads of wood, and you're like, oh, "Never stop." Never no, <laughs> yeah, <God."> stop. <laughs>
0: Have you oh my god, right, we can't stop talking about this in a minute.
1: But because just gonna have to absent yeah, just to excuse herself a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you seen the one where um the wood's a bit wet <laughs> and it like this is disgusting. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Anyway, um let's move on because uh this chat is getting weird. Uh we're getting turned on by men chopping wood and baking cakes.
2: Oh no, I thought you had a a cool story about wet wood and a man it chopping. It was him. It. it
0: was him chopping the wood and it was a bit wet and just the way that he talks to the wood is just unreal. <laughs> what is it just like oh you're so wet. <laughs> so yeah, it's just very sexy. What I love about him as well is that he clearly knows what he's doing, but like obviously it's his whole thing.
2: Well, yeah, he is a complete thirst trap.
0: Yeah, but he just does it like oh, he does it so well. God fucking,
2: oh. <laughs> come on my face! Oh my god! <laughs> please, just, please don't
0: keep that in.
2: I'm gonna.
0: <laughs> uh, that remind? Did I tell the reason I got banned from Tinder ever? You got banned from Tinder. Okay, let's do Tinder with Tash. <laughs> What a good segue. Well done.
3: Sit down, you boys and girls and everyone in between. Story time. Tash has stories for you, both funny and obscene. Ooh. Did she swipe right, swipe left, or find out he had a rash? Ew. We were about to find out. Cause it's Tinder with Tash.
0: So... I, after that horrible thing I just said, it uh, reminds me the reason I got banned from Tinder. Who knew you could get banned from Tinder? Well, I got banned. And I'm pretty sure the reason I got banned was I was at a point where I was really over Tinder and was sort of just doing it out of boredom. And one of my favourite lines was, when people would say to you, um, like, why are you here on Tinder? I would say, I'm here to find a husband, or failing that, someone to come on my face and never talk to me ever again. Oh, oh my up. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. And oh. I would say that to everyone, like, that would be my line, like, it would be my little... My line, basically, of what I'd say to people. Tasha, you are filthy. Yeah, it's fucking gross, isn't it, saying that? Your mum's going to listen to this. Look at your daughter. (laughs) No, I've told my mum. I just think it's Uh, funny, though. I'm not saying that's literally what I was there for, but... What, like, that's basically the two options, isn't it, on Tinder? Isn't that what everybody talks like on Tinder? Yeah, it is. So that I had that conversation with this guy, and then he just didn't really, I can't remember how he answered, and then he, uh, and then the next day I was blocked. I went on it and I was blocked. Oh. And they don't tell you, they don't tell you why you're banned from Tinder. They just say that someone reported you, so. Oh. Yeah. How long were you blocked for? Oh, indefinitely. So you then have to... So because it's linked not only to your email, but also a telephone number, I had an old SIM card and I just created a new account.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can't stop her. She is unstoppable.
0: I think I just stopped dating for a while, but um, I have actually got a date this Saturday. Ooh. So... Does he chop wood? I don't know. I don't know if he chops wood. I do feel like... He'd lick a cake. Would he lick a cake? Maybe. Um, We'll see how that
2: goes. Okay. Well, next week we will be talking about Tasha's date.
0: Yeah. Do you want me to also tell you a weird message that somebody sent me on Tinder the other night?
2: Was it that they wanted to come on your face and never talk to you again?
0: That was what he was angling for and mm. I didn't entertain him. So he we like started messaging and he he was like, Oh, what are you up to? And I was like, just watching TV and he says, Oh, my dog's trying to sexually harass me. What the fuck? Right. And you know when someone says something, you're like, I'm not really sure what you want me to reply to this. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. I was like, this was not how I was expecting this conversation to go. Like, bestiality isn't really my thing. That's such a
1: weird thing to say. Yeah, I I think we can safely say that bestiality is not not a lot of people's thing. <laughs> I wouldn't open with that. No, no.
0: <laughs> so weird, isn't it? I don't know what you want me to reply to that. Interestingly, one of our fans, hello fan... I don't want to name them, just just because it's a bit weird, the message. Sent me a screenshot of some messages, backs and forwards. So it goes like this. I did tell them I tried to fuck a cat. The person then replies, you what? Why on earth would you do that? LOL, laughing, crying face. The date then replies, I asked someone to control me and they wanted me to fuck a cat and then finger the cat's bum hole. I said I'd rather die, and then the spirit left me alone. Ah, okay, so not an actual person then. What the fuck? (laughs) Right, so then they go on to say, I wanted my spirit to be controlled, and this spirit commanded me, and I obeyed. I should have said no, I'd rather die, but I dared a bit. I didn't actually fuck the cat, I just tried. (laughs) Is this the reason I'm here? Right. So then our fan messaged me that and then put, what's the first few signs of being a psycho? I replied, this is me and our fan. I replied, I mean, a hundred percent block this person. Yes. I then said, I've also had an encounter like this this weekend. Cause that was when this guy said that he, his dog was sexually harassing him. She then went on to say, I should have backed away when he told me he was in hospital. Turns out it was a mental hospital. Oh, God. I then said, no way. Abort mission and delete this guy. No one has time for this drama. She put, yeah, he was sectioned for the cat issue. I messaged him after saying, was the cat thing some kind of a joke? And he said, no, that he was sectioned for raping and killing a cat. Oh, my God, he did it. Uh, Yeah, I was like, that's vile. She said, yep, starts with small animals, doesn't it? I put always. So I feel physically sick. Vile, isn't it? Do you know, for
2: a minute there, I was like, have we got a psycho fan? Because I couldn't quite understand what you were reading. So I was like, is this one of our fans that's talking to Tash and telling them that they want to fuck a cat? But no, that's not the case, is it?
0: No, no, no. So she had an interaction with somebody on, like, a dating app.
2: So we've got a perfectly normal fan that does not absolutely want to fuck a cat.
0: No, no, no. None of our fans want to fuck cats. Jesus, who'd want to fuck a cat? Cats are sharp. I also just think, why the fuck are you admitting shit like that? <laughs> like, that's what, like... I'm laughing, but it's nervous because that's, like, just the worst thing I've ever heard it's the voicing of what's happening as well isn't it like someone's gonna be like oh yeah okay yeah so date thursday yeah do you know i mean like where where are we going from this like
2: that guy was obviously absolutely fucking mental yeah i I would say so too uh i don't think you can get more mental than that so it wasn't just a fantasy he had actually fucked a cat
0: Yeah, I think they were clearly having some kind of psychotic break, weren't they? And breakdown and um, seemingly said they were possessed. And their spirit guide told them to fuck a cat. So they did. Whoever you are
2: who is talking to Tash, run far, run fast. That was my advice as well. Do not look back. Jesus Christ. That's horrendous.
0: So Tinder with Tash has been fun this week. Coming on Faces... Um,
2: I mean, that's always fun for you. (laughs) Uh,
0: Dogs sexually harassing grown men and grown men fucking cats.
2: I'm shocked. Do you know what? Last week I thought, (laughs) have I taken things too far with my child trafficking story nearly being (laughs) abducted? And obviously, you know, making out with a paedophile. I was like, is that a bit too dark? Have I gone too far? I think we just topped it.
1: Mm. I don't know many podcasts that open with a conversation about this sort of stuff.
2: <laughs> P- <reality. laughs> How do we go from chopping wood to this? This is what's disturbing is we started really kinky and we've ended up with mental people fucking cats. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, whoever the fan was, I hope you're okay, babe. Yeah. Fucking hell. I'd be I'd be terrified. Yeah, same. Right, well, if you're still with us. We cover all subjects in this podcast. Yeah. We do. Before I get into my story, I have actually lots lots to say. I'm just very disturbed now, obviously, so I need to gather myself. The song from last week was Pretty Woman, and I got three right answers. Did anybody else get any right answers? Uh, I don't
1: think so. No, that's right. No, but we've got loads of emails from fucking HelloFresh.
0: Oh, have we?
1: maybe they should sponsor the podcast hey hello fresh please sponsor us
2: i think you should email them back and go actually we're a podcast so you know
1: if you want to sponsor us go for it hello fresh yeah maybe i'll just beep your name out until you give us some money our (laughs) first monies that'd be nice
2: anyway moving on um so i got three right answers and it was ruth nicole And Stacey.
0: Well done. And the song
2: was Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman.
0: Woman. Walking down the street. Pretty Woman. The kind I like to meet. Pretty Woman. That's it. That's all I know. That's it.
2: (laughs) we've actually come to the conclusion that it's a difficult game to play because every single song that exists is really creepy.
0: Yeah, it's really hard.
2: Like every single song has this, like some lyrics that you're just like, why have I never picked up on that before? But anyway, carry on, we will. Carry on, we must. So shout out to Ruth, Nicole and Stacey. Well done. Thanks for playing. Oh, so what's everybody else doing? Why aren't you playing my
0: game? Well, my mum begs me every time to give her the answer. Oh no, that's and cheating! I'm I'm doing the song this week, and she begged me to tell her, and then she told me I was out of order because I wouldn't. I said no,
2: no, no cheating. That would be cheating. We're not here for that. And the other thing, something really weird happened to me, and I've got to talk about it because. I've, it's never happened to me before and it was so odd do you tell i mean similar things have happened but this was really weird because i can't just do one thing at once i was watching tv and i was on twitter talking to some friends and one of my friends said something really i mean it was in context in the conversation but it was something very random it wasn't like a standard Thing that people say like how are you or you know it was a very precise specific thing that they said and the minute that it popped up on my screen the show that i was watching said the exact same thing
0: that's a glitch in the matrix are you with me yeah
2: so i'm hearing through my ears because i'm listening to my show and looking with my eyes and seeing the exact same thing and I swear to fucking God, it caused my brain to malfunction. It was like I did a factory reset and for like a minute or two, I had no idea what was going on. I'm not surprised. My reaction wasn't like, oh my God, it was so weird. It was like for a minute or two, I just sat here thinking, I don't, what. Well, yeah. who am I? Yeah. What's going on? It was literally like somebody had done a factory reset. It was so, it was like I was
0: rebooting. It was so weird. Did you rewind it to see if, if it really did say it on the show?
2: No, should I have done?
0: Yeah. What if it's a glitch in the Matrix?
2: Oh, fuck that, man. What if they didn't say it?
0: Yeah. I am I follow this lady on Instagram or Twitter, uh, TikTok, I can't remember which one, and she reads out stories from glitches in the, like, people's stories about glitches in the Matrix, and honestly, they shit me up every single time.
2: I don't know. It It was like I glitched. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I've never had anything happen. And it was so confusing. I was like, "What the fuck just happened? What happened to me? Crazy, crazy times." It was really strange. You're right, Becky.
1: Yeah, I'm listening. I'm just trying to figure out what it could have been. But I'm trying to think if that something like that's happened to me before. But I think I think I've had many many things happen where I think that was weird. And then I'm kind of like stuck and can't think about anything else and I'm a bit like what's going on but whether i've just blown my own mind because you know something weird just happened
2: it was literally like it had blown my mind but like for a good i took a while to like be normal again it was a really weird feeling so yeah if anybody's had that happen to them before can you tell me what the fuck happened to me because it was very strange not a fan would not recommend to a friend.
1: Have you seen that video of that woman taking a photo of herself over and over again and it was like a glitch in the matrix? No, that sounds scary. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, someone was on the bus and they'd stopped, you know, and you could see it's someone looking out of the bus window. And there's a woman by the side of the road taking a picture of herself, like on, you know, them digital cameras. I just took a picture, turned it round, took a picture, turned it round, took a picture. And it was just like repeating oh. itself. And then the bus took off and she was still That's doing horrible.
2: it. I don't like that. I yeah.
1: don't like things like I'll that. I'll find it and send it to
2: you. Yeah, please do. Oh, I creeped yeah. myself out on TikTok, on my personal TikTok. So sorry, guys, you won't see it. But <laughs> I was doing this stupid filter where you point the camera at your cat and it tells you if your cat is a cat, a human, a dog or whatever.
1: Or a familiar. Yeah, Yeah.
2: So this filter was stupid as fuck right and every time obviously i pointed the camera at one of my cats it said it's a cat until i pointed it just randomly like scanning the room it pointed to a corner where it said dog all my dogs have passed away but the filter picked up on a dog that wasn't there in the exact spot that my old dog used to sleep oh did it yeah which i thought was a bit creepy. And anyway, so after I'd done that, I did another TikTok using, you know, that AI manga filter that's oh, yeah, trending that at the nice. minute. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people have been using them to see if they've got ghosts in their house, you know, because it picks up on objects and stuff, doesn't it? And turns them into like human form.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So I was just mucking about and I pointed the camera and I was like, if this picks up a dog, I'm going to shit my pants. But it didn't. It didn't pick up a dog. But it did pick up on a black haired woman. And I was like, Ooh. I don't like that because she was literally sat right in front of me as well when I did it. I was like, nope, nope, don't like it. So I did it three times in a row because it's it's random, right? It just picks up on bits of the environment and turns it into a person. Three times in a row it picked up on a black haired woman in the corner. I didn't like it.
0: No, I'm not surprised you didn't like it.
2: Yeah. So anyway, there we go. Some
0: spooky shit. Really spooky shit.
2: Okay. Skinwalker Ranch part three. You ready?
1: Skinwalker Ranch part three. Go, go, go.
2: Okay. So last week we ended part two with Tom realizing that cattle mutilation was a thing. They'd found his cow trying to climb out the canal and then they'd gone back to rescue it and it had all its insides removed by its bottom. Do you remember? Yes, I do remember. Parthing. So that's where we left off. Three months passed and Tom had a sinking feeling that it might have happened again. He had seen flashing lights fly over his herd the night before, almost like they were being inspected. And the next day, sure enough, he found another one of his cows lying dead. Their genitals and rear had been removed again with chilling precision.
0: Oh, for God's sake.
2: <laughs> I know. Its ear had also been removed. He noticed a weird-looking brown liquid near the ear that appeared to be evaporating. So he stuck his finger in it,
1: and oh s- <laughs> no! Oh, what's this brown <laughs> liquid leaking from a corpse? Oh, well, I'll stick my finger in it. Yeah, that ain't normal, is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you can justify it, is there? Hang on. Guess what Scratching he did stuff. then? Did he lick it? No, he didn't lick it, but he smelt <laughs> it.
2: Yeah, scratch and sniff. Yeah. Um, And he said it smelt really chemically. What are you going to say? And he says it smelt really cowy. No, chemically. So he rushed home quickly to get something to put the liquid in. But when he returned, it was too late. It had all vanished. I was like, darn it. I'd love to have sniffed that more. (laughs) So in the beginning of 1996, Tom lost two more cows to mutilation. Again, the part that had been removed had been done so extremely professionally. Each time, Tom had seen UFOs flying over his cattle the night before. And each time, the mutilation seemed to happen during heavy rainfall or thunderstorms. He couldn't understand it, and yet cattle mutilation in his area had been happening since the early 1970s. So Tom and Ellen are getting more and more concerned about the strange goings-on on on their ranch, understandably. The missing and mutilated cows were a huge loss for them financially and they no longer felt safe in their own home.
0: I don't blame them.
2: Because, of course, Ellen had seen that alien, hadn't she?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: One evening, as they both stood outside looking over the ranch, they saw a little blue orb buzzing about, about three times bigger than a baseball. They watched it as it buzzed around the cows who reacted to it, but not overly fearfully, more out of annoyance, a bit like if they were getting swarmed with flies, you know how they kind of shake their heads and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: It also flew around the horses who reacted the same way. They were just kind of like, oh, fuck off, you're annoying me. Finally, this blue orb spots Ellen and Tom and flies towards them and then it just stops mid-air as if it was looking straight at them. Okay. Yeah. They noticed that it looked almost to be made out of glass and that the blue was coming from a swirling liquid on the inside of the orb. So then they're both overcome with this intense feeling of overwhelming fear. Tom could feel himself start to shake, and he knew his wife was feeling the same horrid feeling as she grabbed hold of him and started crying. She turned on her torch and the orb immediately flew off. Ellen fell to her knees, sobbing, and Tom also fell weak at the knees. He knelt by his wife and put his arms around her. She just said repeatedly, we need to leave, we need to leave, and Tom nodded. He knew his family couldn't take much more of this strain. Another thought bewildered him entirely. Why had they been so afraid? It wasn't the first time that they'd seen a strange flying light over their ranch and the orb hadn't actually done anything to give them such an intense reaction. He felt like his emotions were being manipulated by the orb. What hope did they have if these things could even control how they felt? Two hours later, as Tom and Ellen were indoors, exhausted from the ordeal, the familiar blue light appeared again, this time slowly floating by their window, as if watching them inside. As it passed, all the lights dimmed before returning to normal again once it had gone away. Neither of them slept much that night.
0: No, I'm not surprised. Why would you still stay there? Well, money. Yeah, that stuff.
2: Because we say this every time, don't we? Right. So, Becky, you're in your house now and you see a ghost. Yeah. What do you do? Scream.
1: I'd probably go and see my husband and i will be like, oh, I've seen a ghost. And he'd be like, oh, no, you didn't.
2: <laughs> but exactly. So your first reaction, because we're, we're always like, oh, leave, leave. But your first reaction isn't, let's pack our bags up and just leave our house that we've paid for and we've got a mortgage on and has all our belongings in.
0: Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not that easy. And also, often, stuff... Doesn't really start happening until you're like proper settled in the house, does it?
2: Yeah. And we've said this before, and it's really interesting because I can't remember which podcast it was. I'm so sorry, because otherwise I'd give them a shout out. But I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the same kind of phenomenon where something odd was happening, very strange. I mean, really spooky. And people were just watching it going, oh, that's weird. And then getting on with their life. And then the next day, they kind of were like, why were we reacting like that? Why weren't we more afraid? Why did we just accept that that weird thing was happening? You know, you don't know how much it manipulates.
0: But I think humans are a bit like that anyway, aren't they? I think a lot of it's a coping mechanism. When, you know, things happen, you can't crumble and react emotionally all the time
2: no i mean becky said it didn't you becky at your old house you experienced stuff and then the next day it was just like oh that was weird and then you got on with the rest of your day yeah 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 that was weird and you know i think maybe that's just how people react so as much as we reading the story listening to the story were like just move just move that's just not how life works, is it?
0: No, it's not. It's not. You've just got to suck it up, buttercup, and get on with it. Indeed.
2: So things were still vanishing and reappearing in odd places inside and outside the house. Remember Tom's anger when he lost his very heavy post digger?
0: I do remember his anger. He was outraged.
2: He was pissed. To be fair, rightly so. He's trying to do his job and his main tool just goes fucking missing. It's just frustrating as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like... Stop moving my shit. So his post digger turns up. Guess where it turns up?
0: Where he'd left it.
2: 20 feet up a tree. That was my second guess. (laughs) 20 feet up a tree. What the fuck? So he couldn't understand how anyone would have had the strength to get it up there and he understood even less why somebody would even bother. Shits and giggles. It's not though, is it? No, it's not. Rumours began circulating around town about the strange goings-on at the ranch, and this meant that the odd thrill-seeker would show up trying to catch a glimpse of something weird. One day, ah, oh, this is brilliant, this is, one day, a tall, blonde man showed up, and even though Tom immediately said, go away, this is private property, the guy almost begged him, saying he just wanted to meditate for a while on the ranch as he had heard of the strangeness, and he'd driven a really long way. So Tom and Tad were quietly smiling to themselves. Meditate, really? Because, you know, these are ranchers. They don't go in for all the, like, hippy-dippy shit. So Tom gave in and said he could, and Tom and Tad drove him down to a patch of land near a clearing of trees, and off the man went to meditate. Eyes closed and arms widely spread as Tom and Tad watched in amusement. They both heard what sounded like a cowbell. Now, this is really odd, as none of Tom's cows wore cowbells. So they followed the noise and saw a huge, blurry object moving in the trees at high speed. It looked like a creature using some kind of force field to camouflage itself. Like you could see it, but only as a blurry, moving thing. Yeah. It was moving fast towards the guy, who was none the wiser. Just as Tom was about to shout out to the guy, the creature stopped just a few inches from him and let out an almighty roar right in his face. Ugh. The man fell backwards and started screaming hysterically and as quickly as it had run up to him, it ran away again back towards the trees. Tom ran over to the guy to make sure he hadn't hurt himself and the man leapt into Tom's arms, crying uncontrollably. Tom, not being a fan of emotions, told him, listen, if you don't let go of me, I'm going to hit you. All right. <laughs> that was a bit of fragile masculinity there.
1: Was like, I can't have another man touch me.
2: Yes, basically.
1: Either that or he's just not a big, not a hugger. I mean, to be fair,
2: <laughs> I'm not a hugger. You hug me, it's like hugging a piece of wood. I'm just like, let go.
1: Yes. Release me.
2: Yeah, but I don't hit people, don't, you know. Don't threaten (laughs) people with physical violence. The guy said, I'll let you go if you promise to drive me straight back to my car, which Tom did, and as he left, he said that that ranch was truly cursed and he would never return. Can you imagine that? He's got some kind of translucent, blurry thing just screaming in his face.
0: Uh. I mean, it's not ideal, is it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No no Tash, it's not really. Yeah,
1: to put it lightly.
2: No, it's not what you want
1: really, when you're just there meditating. You're just sort of, you like, know, minded your own business, and then poof, a little blur well, a big blur thing just starts screaming in your face. Evening arrived,
2: and Tom sat outside with his three beloved cattle dogs sat by his side. He looked up at the sky and there was, as per usual, the orange light above him. He'd seen it so many times before now it didn't really bother him. He didn't like seeing the UFOs fly out of them and wish they'd go away. But the orange light itself, he didn't mind too much. Remember last week, the orange light was like a window? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can only really see it above the farm. That's it.
2: So he was quite relaxed looking over his property when he saw the familiar glare of the blue orb shoot out of the orange window. He watched it as it flew around with meticulous precision. He was no longer relaxed and neither were his dogs. They had all woken up and were snarling and growling at the orb. It began to fly towards them and Tom lost his temper and set his dogs on it. Usually he kept his dogs away from the lights, but tonight he'd had enough. The dogs shot off after the orb, barking and growling. The orb lowered itself so the dogs began jumping, trying to catch it in their jaws, but it always flew higher just in time. It was basically teasing them. Tom began thinking he shouldn't have sent his dogs after all when it began to lure the dogs towards a wooded area out of Tom's sight. And then he heard a sound that he will never forget, the awful howl of his dogs screaming out in pain and then silence.
0: Oh no, not the dog.
2: No. I
1: hate it when the dog gets killed in the films.
2: And this is three in one go, man. So he waited for a few hours for them to come back, but they never did. Tom decided to wait until morning to go and look for them even though he already knew that he wouldn't see them again and when daylight arrived he went down to the woodlands where he had last seen them go and was instantly hit with the smell of burning flesh behind a bush he saw three black scorch marks on the grass each had a greasy black slime in the middle he felt sick to his stomach that that blue orb had incinerated his beloved dogs That was it for the Gormans. That was the day that they decided to sell the ranch and get the hell out of Dodge. Good. Luckily, their story had hit the press and the story had been seen by a big businessman called Robert Bigelow, who was fascinated by the paranormal, so much so that he'd created the National Institute of Discovery of Science, or NIDS for short, and he wanted to buy Skinwalker Ranch, so the deal was done. And although Ellen and the two children were more than happy to move 25 miles away to another smaller ranch, Tom was reluctant to leave without answers. So it was agreed that he would stay on as a ranch hand. Nids had bought some cattle and Tom had left a few of his cows to graze there too. Sadly, this was to use as bait, which is awful, but that's what they did. In the first few days, Tom took the team around the ranch explaining everything that he'd witnessed and experienced. He showed them the three burnt patches where his dogs had been killed. He showed them a couple of his neighbor's cows that were found dead, half under a fence, with no real explanation as why they would have both died like that. He showed them the carcasses of some of his cows that had been mutilated, now just bones and the hide, but still visibly missing their rear end. He said it was odd because usually a cow would have taken a few months to decompose to this point, whereas these had taken nearly a year, if not more. The veterinarian that was there, part of the NIDS team, said that the only explanation would be some type of chemical that they'd used on the cows. Remember that strange liquid that Tom had seen evaporate?
1: Yeah, we. how can we forget the scratch and sniff? <laughs>
2: So he showed them holes in the ground where the crafts had landed and left imprints on the grass. The grass had grown over them and even though they were still visible, they didn't look as sharp and precise as they had done to begin with. The Nid's team probably thought at this point that Tom was exaggerating his story. Obviously, it would soon become apparent that he wasn't. Nid's first idea was to cover the ranch with electronics, cameras and the like but Tom said such a thing would likely frighten the phenomena into hiding after all. He and his family had witnessed many times that it was intelligent. He suggested setting up hidden camps and waiting quietly or sneaking out at night to try and catch something, a bit like you would hunt an animal. That is what he'd done many a night trying to catch the lights on his old video camera, laying on his stomach for hours on end. Mm. In the early days of the investigation, the NIDS team split up into two parties. They would both go out at night equipped with video cameras and walkie-talkies and try and capture anything odd. One evening, they'd gone back to the trailer for a break when one of them saw a light floating across the sky through the window. They watched it fly, hover, go up and down and they all agreed it wasn't anything they could put down to helicopters, planes, planets or satellites and so they were really excited about this first sighting. Even though the light to them seemed extremely bright, on their cameras it was barely visible, just a faint distant light. Nonetheless, they had all seen it and they now knew that they were definitely dealing with something inexplicable. But that kind of makes sense, because have you ever tried to take a photo of the moon? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, like, it's it's near on impossible, isn't it?
2: Can somebody explain that to me? Because I feel like I'm being thick. How come with my eyes, I see a huge, beautiful moon, and then I go and take a photo of it, and it's just a dot?
0: Babe, I'll be honest, I find the whole thing of cameras quite mind-boggling anyway.
1: Well, the screen is small compared to what you see with your eyes. I think that's why. (laughs) <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what I mean? Have I not explained that right? But you like if you look at a phone screen is small whereas your actual vision is huge. Oh. Anyway, moving on. Well, I know what I'm trying to say.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know you how that- I
0: don't understand why some pictures flip round and some don't. There's so many things about cameras I don't what understand,
2: do you mean okay? Something flips around.
0: You know, sometimes you take it's like a mirror image, isn't it?
2: No. Never?
0: No, no. But sometimes you take a photo and it's one way. I don't know whether it's selfie way or...
1: Well, selfie way flips it round. It's the, like if you have a top on that has like some writing on it, if you're on selfie mode, it'd be the wrong way around.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But wouldn't it always be
2: the wrong way around? I don't know. This no, is on I the on If you put about.
1: it on the front camera, uh, no, the, ba- the proper camera, it's on, it's, everything's the right way. How it's supposed to be? It's the selfie camera that flips it round.
2: I don't know. Mum, we're going to start talking about bloody compasses again in a minute, aren't we?
1: I've got a really good plant pot story to come along
0: oh, <laughs> <pat> that <in. laughs> Stuff like that's confusing. I don't understand it. Have you seen that guy that has made a
2: like a proper, real life, perfect reflection mirror? No.
1: It looks like you you don't have the mirror image. You have the proper how people see you.
2: Yeah, because when you a look, true
1: mirror, yeah, or something like that. Yeah,
2: it's a true mirror. I don't understand. Because when you look in a mirror, is it reversed? Not reversed. Yeah, but, but flipped. Like, well, yeah, you've
1: sure. got the reverse, the mirror image, the reverse image. Whereas he flips it round again, so it's as if you're looking at. When I look at you, Emma, it's mm. not the same as when you look in the mirror. No. Yeah.
2: Are you with us, Tash? Yeah, but I, yeah. Anyway, yeah, real life mirrors.
1: I kind of want one now. True mirrors. You can make one. You can put two mirrors together and that makes it. What? I think you just put two mirrors together. Point them together in a certain way. No, I can't cope with this. It's all very (laughs) confusing. We
2: should have Tinder with Tash and science time with Becky. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, that's not going to be a very long segment if it's with me
0: <laughs>
2: just like bits
1: like, of
0: science
1: yeah like. compasses and magnets <laughs> next week <laughs> we'll talk about other things <laughs> go on then let's go let's bumble along my story is really depressing so let's oh, get most of this one <laughs> <wait> <laughs> way to
2: build up the audience i bet they're like Woo! bring it on <laughs> i mean we start we started strong we started strong
1: yeah with with what we would ugh.
0: we started so strong
1: i keep thinking about it and i'm like i can't believe we started a podcast that way
0: the sad thing is is that our viewers will love it <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, they love it. Probably not.
2: I hope they don't love it. I hope they're not like, oh, yeah, a bit of, piece of jealousy. <laughs> finally, they got there. <laughs> yeah. been waiting months
1: for this. <laughs> I knew they'd get there eventually. <laughs> Just one had to be patient.
2: Oh, shudder. Even though they had now seen something with their own eyes, it didn't really live up to Tom's hype. Even so
0: oh, I know how they feel
2: <laughs> Even so they felt motivated by the sighting and continued researching during the evenings. They spoke to locals, some of the Ute tribe who had all confirmed the bizarre goings on, showing that this had been happening well before the Gormans had moved to the ranch. The cattle mutilations, the strange lights and triangular crafts had all been seen before. Most locals didn't want to go on record talking about it, possibly because they didn't want to generate attention to themselves. But one man called Gonzales, in the book, I don't know if that's his real name or not, said he'd seen strange things over the years. He himself had lost cattle. He recalled a time in 1995 when he saw a a lone cow lying down in a field. He couldn't understand how it had gotten there as none of the fences were broken and all the other cows were in another field. As he approached the cow, he saw it had two broken legs. He ran inside to get a blanket for it and thinking he might have to put it down. But to his amazement, on his return, the cow had gone. There were no trees or rocks that the cow could have been hiding behind. He couldn't understand it at all. It had just vanished. A few hours later, as he looked out of his window, he saw the cow again in the same spot it was before. He rushed over to it and saw that now it had four broken legs. for God's sake. He had to shoot it to put it out of its misery. The only explanation he could come up with was that the cow had been lifted out of its field and dropped, which had broken its first two legs. And while he'd gone to retrieve a blanket, it had been lifted up again, and dropped, which broke the next two. It's the only logical explanation he could come up with. His wife too said she had seen some strange things in the sky... She said she had seen on many occasions a Mexican hat-shaped craft flying over their home, and one night she saw it approaching the ridge behind their house with such speed that she felt sure that there'd be an explosion as it hit the ridge. Instead, it just passed through it as if the ridge didn't exist at all. The NIDS team would experience the strange lights in the sky one more time before the cold set in and they returned to Nevada, leaving Tom to look after the ranch. They said the light was bright and moved silently and with extreme speed like a jet across the sky before turning around and heading out of sight. Again, the photos only showed a faint blurry light so nothing tangible to study, but the team had all seen it. The temperature dropped below zero and Tom moved the cattle off the ranch, only keeping a few young cows in an indoor barn. In January 1997, something happened to the calves. Tom rang Nids, saying that three of the calves had been injured overnight. Something had happened to their ears and eyes. The Nids team asked him to get a vet out to look and send them photos. It took Tom about 24 hours to find a vet brave enough to venture out in the freezing weather, and when they did, they found one cow had its ear all cut up as if with shears, which is a horrible thought. Oh, poor cow. And the other had holes punctured in its eyelids, like with a hole puncture. Oh, <laughs> that's
0: so gross. <laughs> oh, no. That
2: sound frightened me more than the story. <laughs> <Did> it? <laughs> it was
1: a panic from within. That was real That was feeling there.
2: Yeah. Oh. Awful. The vet and Tom both agreed that it was far too cold for predators to venture out and that the wounds were like nothing the vet had ever seen before. I was going to say, and predators
1: don't tend to carry hole punches around with them.
2: No, they do not.
1: Just randomly doing that. Yeah. Oh, bloody cows.
2: In February, Tom brought his cows back to the ranch and he warned the NIDS team that the first time his cattle had arrived, That's what kind of kicked everything off. So it's possible that things would get a lot stranger with the return of the cows. And of course he was right. In March, Tom rang the team in a panic. Now this wasn't like Tom. He was really grounded and he didn't wobble easily, but they could tell this time he was really rattled. A newborn cow had been dismembered within minutes whilst Tom was really close by and he hadn't seen or heard anything. One minute the cow was fine and the next it was cut into pieces. He couldn't understand it. There was nothing to understand. It was impossible. The team arrived to inspect the calf and they couldn't believe the sight that awaited them. The cow had had all its legs ripped off but then gently placed next to its body. Its rib cage had been split and all its insides were missing as was all of its blood. Yet again, there was no blood on the ground, none inside the calf, none on the hide of the calf, no blood anywhere. There was just so much to try and understand. What creature could rip a calf limb from limb was one question. The strength it would take would be impressive. How was everything so clean? And how had this all happened within a few minutes without Tom noticing? Everyone was stunned and perplexed. And that is end of part
0: three. Well, I can't wait for part four.
2: Part four next week, and it is the last part. Oh. We will wrap up the series next week.
1: What? someone please just think of the cows and move them away? Yeah. Because every time they're brought back, they get killed or sucked away or something happens. So it's horrible. Well, they're using them as bait. That's what I
2: said. It's awful, but that's what's bringing out the paranormal activity. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it is fucking horrible. So, yeah. Poor cows.
1: Well, they're so obsessed with cows, though. It's loving the cows.
2: I don't know. I don't
1: know what it is, because it is a thing, isn't it? Cow mutilation. Yeah, it's often cows. I don't know. And there's, like, other cattle, but it's very, very often cows, isn't it? Like, What do you mean there's there's other cattle, all cattle are cows? No, I mean, like, other livestock. Yeah. Like, um, pigs, sheep, Mm. chickens, and the old rooster. Yeah. Hey, Tash? Tash would throw a rooster up to them. Yeah, I'll take this. (laughs) These are assholes. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't like it. I'm still enjoying the in story, but I hate it. Yeah. But I really enjoy it. <laughs> I
2: did like that last week. I hate it, but I like it. But I hate it.
1: Yeah, but I, <laughs> I hate
2: it, but I don't like it. Uh, I hate it. Uh, Should we throw in a trailer here?
3: Yeah, throw in the trailer.
2: Throw and poof.
3: The human experiment has ended. The Earth has been obliterated. A plague of cholera burns through the outer colonies and the last of the great houses drifts at the edge of the Kuiper Belt, carrying a macabre secret. The only thing standing between Twilight House and the death of all living things is Fort Providence Transit Station on the dark side of Pluto's largest moon. The Ghosts of Pluto. October Pod presents an audio drama written by M.J. macadams Produced, edited and directed by Edward October. Coming this February.
2: Okay, Becky. Yep. I'm not even going to attempt to do a Scottish murder, but uh <laughs> has there been one?
1: Will you do There's one? There's been f- more than one. There's been uh, a murder. <laughs>
2: I like it. Not not the murder. murder, just her saying that word just to be clear.
1: Nah. Uh, that's been a murder. So this one, I thought I'd do a woman because we haven't done one in a while. Oh. And uh, I just had a bit of a panic when you were reading your story that I'd done it before.
2: <laughs> oh no.
1: That I haven't, I haven't. I must have looked at it a while ago and decided not to go with it. And i come back and done it this time. Good. But yeah, there was a bit of a panic there and I just had to go on Spotify and look through all of our episodes <laughs> just to make sure. I'm just trying to think.
2: The women, you've done one that made some people into soap. You've done yeah. one that
1: poisoned people. Yeah. Yeah. One that killed her babies.
2: Oh, the one that killed her babies and the one that skinned her boyfriend and hung him up like a curtain. Oh,
1: God, that was horrific.
0: The one that killed someone with a frog. Oh, yeah, the the, the frogger. The
1: frogger. Yeah. Well, this is quite an oldie, so it's good for you, Emma, because uh, you don't need to worry about um, anyone getting out of prison soon, because they're all dead.
2: I'm so worried about blinking Guy George.
1: (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Shall I start? Are you ready? Please do. Ready for this?
2: We're literally waiting. Are you
0: ready
1: for this?
2: Jesus Christ, that scared me. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Becky, are you all right? Because you're making possessed um,
1: noises. uh, No, I'm fine. Okay. It's fine.
2: Okay. We are ready, aren't we, Tash?
0: Yeah. Born ready, mate. Give it to me, baby. Uh Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Right. I will. This story, or true story, is about a woman called Amelia Dyer.
2: What do you mean, true story? Are you are trying to say my story not true?
1: No. <laughs> are
2: you starting? Are you starting?
1: <laughs> I said this story, then I was like, "Oh, it's true story," because it sounded like I just made it up. Okay. You have to be all defensive, Emma.
2: Yeah, Emma. All right, don't you start. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's about this woman called Amelia Dyer. And Amelia was born Amelia Elizabeth Hobley in 1837,
0: so quite a while ago. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Two years, eh? Yeah. So she was the youngest of five children with three brothers, Thomas, James and William, and a sister, Anne. And they were born in the small village of Pile Marsh. Just east of Bristol in the That's UK. That's unfortunate name. Very. A marsh isn't fun and piles are horrible. So a piley
3: marsh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sounds like something in the labyrinth, isn't it? It's the marsh of piles. <laughs> yeah, just now you have to go wade through pile marsh.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: what was it? The
2: Bog of Eternal Stench. I love that film. Yeah. You scrapped me up as a kid because
0: it made farting noises. There's nothing funnier than a fart.
1: Yeah, just east of Bristol in the UK. She was the daughter of a master shoemaker called Samuel Hobley. I don't know if, you, if you're a shoemaker, you start off with, as a novice. I was going to
2: say, master, master shoemaker. Master shoemaker
1: sounds like a big deal to me. Her mother was called Sarah Hobley, and Amelia learned to read and write and developed a love of literature and poetry.
2: Well, this all sounds very nice.
1: I- yeah, it does. It sounds cheery, doesn't it? Yeah, very nice. Nud for long. Oh. It doesn't continue. Okay. However, Amelia's childhood was marred by the mental illness of her mother, caused by typhus. Oh, dear. Yeah. Does that make you loopy, then? I forgot to look up what typhus actually was. Hold on.
0: Yeah, I don't really know what it is.
2: I thought it was something you got from dirty water and it just like gave you the shits, but maybe (laughs) Sounds like it did more to her. I mean it gives you the shits until you die. Like Oh yeah,
0: that's not ideal, is it?
1: That's from fleas. Oh. Typhus is also known as typhus fever. It's a group of infectious diseases that include epidemic typhus, scrub typhus, and murine or marine typhus. Common symptoms include fever, headache, and a rash.
2: Nothing to do with shitting yourself to death. (laughs) I have no idea where I got that
1: from. Right, so typhus has been described since at least 1528. The name comes from the Greek word "typhus," meaning fever or delusion describing the state of mind of those infected.
2: So they get delusional from
1: the fever. I think it's the fever, yeah. It's the sudden onset of fever and other flu-like symptoms. It can lead to sensitivity to light, altered mental status, so delirium or a coma. If left untreated, cases are often fatal.
2: Right. Okay. See? See? Science with Becky. She was (laughs)
1: suffering with typhus. It was um, giving her mental illness. Yeah, it was making everything worse. This is Sarah. Yeah, her mum. So Amelia witnessed her mother's violent fits and was obliged to care for her until she died in 1848. Because she was caring for her mother, that's all basically she was doing. And she lost contact with uh, most of her family because she was just kind of shut in with her mum. Well, her family's a bit shit. Why, why weren't they helping her? I don't know. Because it's such a long time ago, I had trouble finding out what was happening in her early life. But yeah, so I don't know whether it was all okay until she died and then she lost contact with her family or whether, because all she could do was look after her mum, whether people just started floating away before, because they couldn't be bothered. After her mum died, she married George Thomas, a man 35 years her senior. The pair had one child together before the elderly Thomas died. Finding herself single with a newborn, Dyer desperately needed income, and during her marriage, she had trained as a nurse with a midwife, who had taught her about baby farming. So. What's that?
2: Great question. Nothing fucking good. Baby farming. Jesus.
1: Horrific. In the 1800s in Victorian England, unmarried mothers often struggled to gain an income since the 1834 Poor Law Amendment Act had removed any financial obligation from the fathers of illegitimate children. So the fathers were allowed to say, you know, uh, I don't want to pay for this child, even though I made it. And then also the fact that children born out of wedlock were very, it's still a very stigmatized thing. So this led to the practice of baby farming, in which individuals acted as an adoption of fostering agents in return for regular payments or an upfront single payment from the baby's mothers. So many businesses were set up to take these young women and care for them until they gave birth. And then the mothers subsequently left their unwanted babies to be looked after as nurse children, so sort of, by these baby farmers. So it's just like a home for unwed mothers and they can go there, have their babies, and leave the babies there. Yeah. Okay. For payment.
0: Got yeah. But they had to pay to leave their baby there.
1: Yeah. So that they, they save the okay. embarrassment of everyone knowing that they've had a baby. So either the mothers can go away, have the baby, and then come back to, you know, leave the baby there, come back to their life and remarry later on and carry on with their lives. Or uh, maybe it was the father who might not have, you know, was having an affair and a baby was came out of it, stuff like that. So the predicament of the parents involved were often exploited for financial gain. If a baby had well-off parents who wanted to keep the birth secret, the single fee might be as much as £80, pounds, which was a lot back then. £50 pounds might be negotiated if the father of the child wanted to hush up his involvement. However, it was more common for these expectant young women to be impoverished, and such women would be charged about £5. Pounds. To leave their babies there. At the baby farm. At the baby farm. So some of the more evil carers out there resorted to starving the farmed out babies to save money or to hasten death.
2: Oh, shit. I thought they were going to sell the babies on to make some cash. Yeah, me too.
1: I think babies were just like everywhere. So they could. Just, if you wanted a baby, you didn't really have to buy it. I don't know. But Amelia kind of was like, hey, I can look after babies. I'll start doing that. So she started placing advertisements in local papers, claiming to be a respectable married woman who would provide a safe and loving home for the children.
2: But she's widowed, isn't she? She's not married. Yeah.
1: she's not married. She's widowed now, yeah.
2: Yeah. Which isn't her fault. No one said it was.
1: Yeah. No, no, it isn't though. It's not going to come out later that it is. It isn't. Sometimes in your
2: stories it is
1: their fault. Yeah. Sometimes it is, but this one, this one isn't. Okay. Yeah, so she began to place advertise, advertisements in local papers. She said that, yeah, she was a respectable married woman who would provide a safe and loving home for the children. She would then demand a substantial one-time payment in exchange for her services. However, rather than spend that payment on feeding and caring for the children that she was supposed to take care of, because that would take a massive amount of time and effort. She thought, well, there must be an easier way of pocketing the money and keeping costs down. She had been heard to say that the sound of a child hangs on the ear. So she didn't like the fact that babies cry. I think she's in the wrong job. Yes. And then she realised that dead children don't need half the amount of time that an alive child does. I don't like why this is going. She decided to use an opioid solution that was meant to calm crying infants. Oh, uh, and this sake. was a thing back then. Yeah. You could, like, opioid up your baby yeah. to shut them That's up. That's
2: fine. Just give them some opioids. Yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah. Keep them quiet.
0: You mean you don't do that? <laughs>
2: not <laughs> not really. No,
1: no, no, babes. <laughs> a
2: bit frowned upon now.
1: Yeah. And because even back then, dosing the opioids was a very risky thing. Often, people did overdose their babies and kill their babies by accident. So, And you were allowed to use it.
2: Yeah, I have heard that was a thing, actually, to be fair.
1: Yeah, but she would uh, give them way over the recommended dose. And then she'd call the local coroner to confirm the deaths, crying and playing the part of a carer that has just lost the baby that they were looking after and pretending to grieve over their passing.
2: Okay, so that works once. Twice at a push.
1: Yeah, but she did it a little bit too much because in 1879, a doctor became suspicious about the number of deaths that he'd been called to from her baby farm. Yeah. And he was wondering if really they were all accidental. So he reported her to the authorities. Instead of receiving a murder or manslaughter charge, she was sentenced to six months in a labour camp for neglect.
2: Okay. You would have thought back then they would have, like, burnt her at the stake or
0: something, or,
2: no. you
1: know. No, oh, she only killed babies. Oh, God. This episode is weird, man.
0: I just don't know how I don't I don't understand people.
1: No. I mean, back then, I mean, even to recent-ish history, if people lost a baby in the hospital, they were just like, oh, we'll go and have another one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think they just thought that she was being neglectful or didn't say it was murder. But anyway, so she does her six months in the labour camp. And while she was in there for the six months, she sort of like made a list of all the things that she did wrong and maybe that she shouldn't do again so that she doesn't get caught again. She had no, no intention of not continuing to murder babies.
2: Oh, okay. So kill babies was not on the list.
1: Yeah. N- yeah. She okay. wasn't going to not kill babies. That just gets her too much money. You know, having all the babies and having to care for them is too much work.
2: So she's not going to change career. She hasn't seen the error of her ways. She's
1: set on the baby farm. Okay. So the minute she gets, literally the minute she's out, she goes back home and places more ads for a safe home and continues to collect payments for watching infants. And
2: that was fine. Nobody was like, "Uh, actually, maybe you shouldn't do this job. No. That was fine. No, No, I I don't know
1: if she moved towns when she got back. She's got smart this time, so. She's decided to keep the easier babies that are easier, don't cry as much, a little bit easier to look after, so that in the event that the parents of the murdered babies decide they want the baby back, she would just simply give those ones back.
2: Oh, right, so just get random kid.
1: Yeah, well, she'll get some people's babies, and then she'll realise that some are easier than others, keep the easy ones, murder the rest, and if one of the parents come back uh wanting their baby back she'll just give her a random baby back
2: and is she still getting the doctors out every time she murders one
1: no and that's what she realized she realized that her mistake was reporting the death through a coroner was a bad idea because that's basically saying hey there's another baby that's died here and then drawing attention to herself so she decided to dispose of the bodies herself And she would wrap the bodies in cloths and then bury them or casually drop them in the river or dispose of them around town. Dispose
2: of them around
1: town? Yes. I was like, excuse me when I read that. So she basically went into town with a little shopping basket Ready to get her groceries, and just like had a dead baby in there and would like shove it down the side of something in town.
2: So she's really fly tipping with corpses. Yes,
1: with baby corpses. Jesus Christ. A vile, vile person. Woman. Exactly. Monster. Learning from her past mistakes, she also killed them in various ways as to not establish a noticeable pattern for herself. Because the babies found around town could just be passed off as, you know, new mothers abandoning babies. Not linked back to her. Yeah. She also kept a close watch on the authorities. If she felt that they were getting a little bit too close to catching her, she would pretend to have a mental breakdown and check herself into an asylum, claiming suicidal thoughts. And once she even tried to overdose herself, but her high tolerance to opium from a long history of abuse saved her life.
2: Oh, so she's a drug addict as well?
1: Yeah. So she was basically with the babies, one for the baby, one for me, one for the baby, one for me.
2: Gosh. This is not great. She's obviously mental. I mean, the asylum obviously is a good shout.
1: Yeah, but she was just doing that so that she could go in there so the place would be like, oh, she's just a bit mental. She also started moving around a lot, changing towns, assuming different identities with each move in order to throw the police off her trail. The police were very, very, very suspicious of her, but were finding it hard to track her down.
2: I just don't understand what's gone wrong here. She was fine, poet, literature, looking after a crazy mum until she died, normal person, got married... Everything was fine, and then she just thought one day, do you know what? I'm just going to kill a shitload of babies. Yeah,
1: I make money for it.
2: What? I I don't understand where, where it
0: went wrong.
1: No, I can't really work it out either. Yeah, so she kept moving around to throw the police off her trail, but as well, the poor parents that were looking to be reunited with their children. So there were parents looking, that just needed their baby looked after for a few months, a few weeks, while they could go away and get married. And they were coming back to collect their babies and the babies weren't there anymore. Or she was not there with the children. That's horrendous. It is assumed that over the course of almost 30 years, it's estimated that Amelia Dyer killed over 400 children.
0: What the fuck? Oh my God.
1: Seriously? And pocketed the money from each of them.
2: She's got to be one of the
1: worst ever. I think so, yeah. I think she's quite well known. I've never heard of her. Researchers believe that the number could have doubled had she not been caught after this one careless body dump. So in March of 1896, a bargeman floating down the Thames fished a carpet bag out of the river. Inside, he found a tiny body of a baby girl wrapped in a package made out of wrapping paper, obviously called the police. One of the detectives noticed a name almost faded, written on the corner of one of the bits of paper, and it said Mrs. Thomas, as well as an address. The address that was on there was Amelia Dyer's, and though the police were led to her by the body, they still couldn't link her to the crime, so they set up a sting operation. Police put an ad in a newspaper pretending to be a young woman that had just had a baby out of wedlock, that she couldn't take care of the baby anymore, and was asking for a carer or a baby farm to get in contact with her. And wouldn't you know, Dyer responded, and ended up meeting with the woman, only to walk into a police ambush. So after searching her home, police discovered the scent of decomposition, the same dressmaker's tape that had been found across the infant corpse's neck that they'd found in the Thames, telegrams about adoption arrangements and advertisements, and also letters from the poor mothers asking about their children.
2: Jesus Christ.
1: They also discovered things packed away as if Dyer were about to move again. Police arrested her and dredged the Thames looking for more bodies. They found six, all of which Amelia Dyer admitted to killing because she told the police that she recognised the white tape around their necks and that's how she could tell. During her trial, she pled guilty to only one murder and claimed insanity as a defence, citing her numerous asylum stays. However, the jury decided that they had been faked as a way to avoid prosecution.
2: Good. How is she only admitting to one when she's already admitted to six?
1: I think she went back onto it back on her confession. It took them four and a half minutes to convict her. Wow. So
2: That's three and a half too many. Yeah.
1: At nine AM on the tenth of June eighteen ninety six, Amelia Dyer was executed. Good. Yes. I hope she rots. Dyer's case grew national attention due to the high number of deaths and the amount of time that Dyer had avoided conviction. So 30 fucking years.
2: Oh my God. That's a whole career of baby murders. Shit.
1: It also sparked a revolution in adoption laws pushing authorities to police baby farms and stop abuse so they also closed down a lot of these baby farms because the babies just weren't being looked after no if you had 30 babies to look after you cannot look after 30 frigging babies no of course you can't unless unless there's like 15 people working there yeah I was <laughs> which there say- never was
2: one person for two babies, okay, but yeah. if not, no.
1: Some historians have drawn parallels to the Jack the Ripper case, suggesting that Amelia Dyer could have been involved. After all, both had high body counts and, ha- and it happened at the same time, though it's never been proven that they were related.
2: I wonder how they've put those two together, because they're... I don't know whether it was just two
1: cases that were well known.
2: Yeah, because they're not exactly similar, are they?
1: No. But yeah, that is the story of Amelia Dyer, the monster that killed so many innocent children. 400. Horrific. And oh my God, she is fucking terrifying. I'll send you the picture of her, but she is horrific. She's like something out of Insidious...
2: Is she more terrifying than Dennis DePew? Because he... Fucking hell, man. He... Oh, he haunts me.
1: I think so. That nightmare. Fucking hell. Oh, Jesus
2: Christ, you would not leave your baby with this woman. What?
1: Horrific, isn't it?
2: I will post that picture to social media. She is awful.
1: She looks like someone out of a horror film. That looks like makeup to make someone look scary.
2: Yeah, she looks terrifying. She's not the kind of woman you'd be like, oh, can you look after my baby? No, absolutely Absolutely. fucking not.
1: She looks evil, doesn't it? I mean, a lot of the times serial killers and stuff look normal. She looks fucking evil. She does. She does. How did they execute her? Death by hanging.
2: Good. I hope it lasted a long time.
1: Yeah, I hope it didn't break her neck on the way down. She had to strangle herself. I mean, I don't know if I'm
2: supposed to say that. Of course, I don't wish death on people, but this is a woman that has killed 400 babies.
0: We wish death on her. She's vile. Yeah. yeah.
2: There's two things with me where I can't forgive. It's people who abuse animals and people who hurt kids. Yeah. Just absolutely unforgivable because you're you're attacking something that can't defend itself. It just makes you a piece of shit.
0: Yeah. Utter shit. Absolute
2: Mm. shit. Vile, vile human being. It's awful, isn't it? Horrendous. I'm shocked. I'm shocked at how horrendous our whole episode has been, to be fair.
1: It's quite horrendous, isn't it?
2: I mean, my story Mm. was all right. A bit weird, a bit creepy, freaky. But uh, yeah, the rest of it's been horrible.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if um, (laughs) Tash can brighten things up with the uh, scary song. I can try. Maybe you could read it in a really jolly way, Cash. As long <laughs> yeah. as it
2: hasn't got any bestiality or dead babies, it's gonna be—it's gonna be a step up, babe.
1: I oh, can't guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Are
0: you ready? Mm-hmm. It's been so long, but I can still remember. The music doesn't make me smile anymore. No one smiles. No one dances. No one is happy anymore. It's everywhere, in every paper I deliver. I can't remember if I cried. I must have. It all changed that day, the day it was gone. So bye-bye. I drove to the river, but it was bone dry. Everything was dead. Nothing was living. The only thing I smell is whiskey and rye. Maybe this will be the day that I die.
1: Well, I know what it is
2: <laughs> and that is my song. very nicely done and if I don't get at least 10 right answers for that song I'm sulking with you all yeah
0: I mean I feel like it's quite an obvious one
2: yeah everybody needs to get that right so send in your answers please you yeah. shall we
0: give people our social media let's give people our social media you can get us on tiktok instagram and twitter all under the same thing which is scsk underscore podcast yep and then
2: there is facebook and youtube follow us on youtube we've only got a tiny tiny amount of subscribers so just subscribe you don't have to listen to it <laughs> um but yeah just under spine chillers and serial killers and we shall pop up
1: yeah and also if you have any suggestions or any stories you'd want to write into us or just to reach out and say hello you can send me an email at chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com boo 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 please 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 send me emails 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 (laughs) oh
2: (laughs) and thank you to whoever wrote in about their bad tinder dating message even though it's completely gross and horrific that was great
0: thank you yeah thank you so much keep it coming
2: if you enjoyed this episode don't hesitate to subscribe so you never miss a new episode Give us a little rating, little five stars, little cheeky five stars. We'd like that, and we will give you a shout out if you leave us a review. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Oh, in fact, we did get a review. Would you like to hear it?
1: <laughs> oh, we need oh to shout!
0: Oh my god, out. I would live for that.
2: We got a review from Joey. Big up, Joey! Joey. And she said, "Love, love, love these ladies. Spankles and serial killers is a must listen, and you will binge them very quick." Emma, Tash, and Becky are so funny, and their true crime and paranormal stories are very interesting. I look forward to their episode every week. Five stars.
0: Oh, thanks, bye. Thank
2: you. Joey rocks. Joey.
0: Joey does yeah. <laughs> rock. Although
2: I don't feel like this episode is funny. Uh, today, I feel like our episode is uh,
1: just, well, disgusting. <laughs>
2: heavy, heavy, heavy stuff.
1: Need a wash. Need a shower. Yeah. I yeah, kind of feel like I need to I need a wash. brush
2: my brain with a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: was so disgusting.
1: That was horrible. <sighs> Sorry about that. Oh, now I'm seeing a toothbrush on a brain and it's horrible. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: me too.
1: Just imagine the sound. The shiny brain. No! I wonder if it'd feel like you know when you scratch your ear, like That's really what like go. I, I wonder if it feels like, it feels like feels that. Feels
0: really good,
1: but it Stop feels. It, really good. it's
0: making me want to gag.
2: <laughs> You're not the one with the toothbrush fear. It's me and Becky. No, I
1: bet it's like yeah, but like when you put a Q-tip in your ear and it really like itches and itch that. Oh,
2: oh it's, what a feeling, man.
1: What a feeling, but so bad oh. for your ears.
0: <laughs> anyway, guys. Uh, stay safe.
1: Don't kill people.
0: And keep it weird. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.
4: Bye.
1: <laughs> Nibs. Nids. Oh, sorry. Nibs. <laughs> All right, okay nids i
0: heard
1: it <laughs> my whole face is lopsided no it's not it is when i look at it yeah it
0: is becky you are
1: lopsided <laughs> oh thank you thanks for being honest emma just, Listen. Just, just tries to brush it all off you're not that lopsided if i turn my head <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe my face is lopsided maybe i've got lopsided eyes and you look completely normal to me Ah, oh.
0: yeah that's what it is
2: I'll say. Okay. I'll say. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, can I'll say, say
0: can you see? <laughs>